Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 6, Season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live throughout... Um, the NRL season every Wednesday at 8 p.m. New Zealand time. Evening, Richie. I uh, thought a better performance from the Warriors certainly improved my overall thoughts in the round, and congratulations need to go to you for getting the first perfect round prediction of the season. Thank you, sir. I, I was expecting it. I uh, wasn't surprised <laughs> the slightest. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good it was a good round, actually, um, all bar the first game of the weekend, which, well, where do you start? Well, We'll get to that in the review, but um, yeah, the rest of the week was um, some convincing victories pretty much all around, including the Warriors, which was great. Definitely, definitely. And while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience on High Art Radio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of Round 4 and our update on our tips. Recap and preview of the women's premiership and the, the pending grand final. We'll then stop and answer some questions from all of you as well as some that we've got prepared for each other. Uh, we'll then preview round five and make our picks uh, before ending the night with a recap of the Super League. So remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show and we may as well just jump straight into the top stories, Richie. Sounds good, mate. Um, first one's probably the most important due to... Um, my my affection for the guy, but Tommy Turbo has been sidelined for at least a month after suffering an MCL injury that will require surgery. Um, devastating news for the Sea Eagles, but he hasn't really been as impactful as he was last year. But I still think a, a manly team without Tommy Turbo is pretty much always a predicted loss. What's your take on on his injury and the impact it's going to have in the next month? Well, I certainly think it'll make life a lot harder for for the Sea Eagles. Obviously, he's even when he's not in full flight top form, he's still pretty class and, and one of the top players for Manly. So they'll feel it, I believe. But 
you know, they went for about a month last year without him at the start of the season as well um, when they really struggled. And then once he came back, uh, they bounced back pretty big. So hopefully it won't be... um, it won't be anything too major for Manly. Yeah, and um, Barry's just said in the comments that it's early in the season. That's right. Yeah, it is early. Uh, I'm not writing off Manly. I made that mistake last year where um, after the first four rounds, I, I said they were going to go to Wooden Spoon territory, and I was well and truly won over by them, as I think everyone that watches regularly knows. Um, I kind of fell in love with Manly a little bit, much to Richie's disgust. Um <laughs> And then um, Seagulls will continue with them. They're also going to be out uh, without Brad Parker this week due to him contracting COVID. And Dylan Walker is also in doubt with a knee injury. Um, so two more big losses for them there. I'm just going to have a look while we're looking um, to make sure Dylan Walker was still out. Um, he's He's been named at 14, so he should still be okay, but... If Manny or anything like Nathan Brown, that team could completely change uh, <laughs> closer to the day. Um, but yes, devastating there. Um, but I'm sure they'll be okay. But on to um, sad news, but good for us. Richie, uh, Cowboy um, Hamiso Tabo the Hammer, he is out for two to three weeks after tearing a PCL. Uh, devastating for the Cowboys. We'll talk about them uh, very shortly in their game. They they haven't looked that great the last few weeks, but without him there, they're certainly missing a big strike weapon, but that's good news for a Warriors side. Yeah, it's it's disappointing for Tabuai Fado, but like like you say, I'm, I'm in your camp being Warriors fans. Um, you know, not too disappointed to see him miss this week. Definitely. Um, we'll keep this injury chain going a little bit. Um, Bronco, Pat Carrigan, um, he got a grade two MCL injury and is going to miss four to six weeks. Uh, big loss for the Broncos. Um, again, another team that hasn't been performing that well the last few weeks. And I think um, we'll go into it a bit more depth in a little bit, but I think the Broncos really had a, a step down once he got injured in that game in the weekend. And um, he's he's kind of, I know everyone loves talking about um, Payne Haas, but I think Carrigan is such an integral part to that team on both sides of the ball. And mm. uh, when he went off, they just seemed to look a bit disheveled. So I think that's going to be a big, a big impact on the Broncos. And they don't have the nicest run in that six weeks that he's going to be gone. Yeah, I, I think they'll feel this one. He's been a really good one-two punch, actually, with along with um, Payne Haas. You know, those two have been the punch in the Broncos forward pack to start the year. So... Um, not great news for uh, if you're a Broncos fan and you might might have a Jazz Tavanga voodoo doll out, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, speaking of Jazz, um, he has been banned for that tackle that he did um, to Carrigan. He's banned for two weeks. Um, he pled guilty early. If he if he um, fought it, he had the, the risk of um, going up to three. But in a post-match interview, he kind of said before they even cited him, he kind of thought that he might be spending some time on the sidelines. Uh, two weeks isn't too bad. Um, I, I we'll probably get into those sightings and tackles a little bit later. I, I don't think there was too much in many of them. Um, <laughs> thug life. But yeah, um, it's kind of different to the thug life because it's, it's 
they're they're at times they're a very dangerous tackle, uh, mm. but they're not like the the big highlight reel thuggery that I love. Uh, it's more sneaky. So um, yeah, I think I think Jazz. Yeah, if we're going to um, ban the next guy I'm about to talk to, I think Jazz needed some time on the bench as well. But that next guy was Thomas Fledger, who um, had a Kane Evans of a performance against the Warriors. He um, is banned for two matches and fined two individual lots of $1,000 after being charged for three of his four reportings in that game against the Warriors. So we, we might cover it a little bit in the review, but what's your take on on Fledgler and his charges? I think he was a bit hard done by on at least two of them, two out of the four. Um but yeah, what's your take? <laughs> I thought, yeah, at least one of them he was a bit hard done by. Um, but Flegel is that kind of player. He plays on that on the edge and and plays hard and physical. So he's always in that danger. And I, I know he's this isn't his first rodeo with um, being in a bit of trouble with the um, judiciary. So um, I, I think being on report four times, yeah, he was going to cop at least a game. At least a game. Um, yeah. But, He's wound up with two, so he's going to find himself in Jack Hetherington um, territory if he keeps this level up. Mm. Um, where even if he looks at a player funny, he'll get um, reported. So, yeah, it's I don't know how you adjust it. He came out before the Broncos Warriors game and said that he had learned a lesson because he was just back from suspension mm. and said he had learned and done extra work on his tackling technique. Um, clearly, it didn't work. <laughs> Um, so hopefully the he takes this this couple of weeks off um, to really learn it because every ref's going to be watching him. So you're saying he plays in the danger zone, latest stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. There there is that fine line, and the the real good players are the ones that can play um, really close to that edge. Um, mm. Jazz has got better at it. Jazz has um, reduced the penalties against him but still plays with an aggressive edge. Um, you've got, yeah, there's countless guys. It's just towing that line and getting on the right side of the referees um, helps in that way. That's a topic we'll talk about very shortly, actually. But um, next bit, we'll, we'll go on with a bit more Warriors um, news. Warriors are rumoured to be going after the signature of young rooster half Ronald Volkman. We talked about it during the week when this news came out, Richie. Neither of us really know too much about him. And um, I've done a little bit of digging, as I like to do. Uh, there's a lot of praise on this young kid, um, with some even saying he's got more potential than Sam Walker. Um, and it's that allure. We, we see it a lot um, where a player is stuck behind another player um, and they just want to wiggle and get a chance to go out. Um, I watched some podcasts talking about it. Um, who said that he should never come to the Warriors because they got so much depth in the halves. But I think they're all forgetting that we don't have a depth of halves next season because yeah. Ash Taylor, Cody Nicarima, Chanel are all off contract at the end of this year. Chanel has not taken up the offer he was offered. Um, Cody hasn't been offered one. And Ash Taylor, I don't see getting offered one because he basically said he didn't want to come to New Zealand anyway. So you're going to have... Um, Sean and Luke Metcalf as the, the halves um, depth next year. So I think if you could get this young kid over, um, get him under the learning tree of Sean Johnson, um, 
you've got potentially Metcalf and Volkman as the starting halves after Sean's gone. And that's kind of what you want. We, we've we got all our eggs in the Sean Johnson basket, as we've always done. Um, so when, when he goes out, um, you kind of want someone that can just jump straight in. So... Yeah. Yep. What, what's what's your take on it? I um, yeah, like we were talking er, earlier in the week when we heard this, and I, I put my research hat on as well, and I think I may have watched the same podcast, um, and went to some highlight highlight reels of him, and he yeah, he looks promising. He looks like a nugget, nuggety little guy who has some good footwork and a good offload. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Paul Turner. Um, and the way he moved, but yeah, he's obviously a young man, so we'll see what happens with the signature and if we get it across the line, but it'd be exciting and it'd be good to have a contingency plan, like you say, for when um, a couple of our current roster move on and, and Sean Johnson isn't exactly a young man anymore, so it'd be nice to have, to be looking at some depth in that area. I see Robbie's here. Evening, Robbie. And he said, um, if they win us a premiership this year, I won't really care about the roster in 2023. Um, I actually think the 2023 roster is looking better. Yeah. So um, I I was getting myself in a bit of trouble being excited about 2023 without 2022 even starting yet. So, um, but yeah, the, the Warriors we'll talk about in the ladder later. We're in the eight now. So as they say, it's our year. So, you know, we're, we're in. Um, we'll get off the Warriors chat for a little bit and we'll go to uh, KP Watch. I think he's my new Cameron Smith. Uh, Kalen Ponga met with Wayne Bennett after the Knights lost in the weekend. Andrew Johns has come out. Um, he's obviously he's working with the Knights a bit. And he said that it was bad form from Wayne Bennett to meet with Ponga during the season as it's distracting to the player. Um, I, I, I kind of agree and disagree with him because... If it was Craig Bellamy or another team that is in there, um, I could say you could wait to the end of the year. But the Dolphins are starting the season next year, mm. and they still don't have a roster. So you kind of can't wait to October um, to get people ready to be playing February, March. So I understand that part of it. But what's your take on it? Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, The circumstances are a little bit different, given that it's, given that it's a new team coming in and they've got a former roster. Uh, and Wayne Bennett, by this stage, has surely earned himself the right to do whatever he wants, hasn't he, Brad? Yeah, um, he's too old to tell off. So exactly. Um, and um, Barry's commented there, uh, KP seriously overrated. I'll comment on that later when we're talking about the Knights game because I've got a few thoughts. Um, so I'll I'll come back to that. But I am on the same uh, opinion as you, Barry. Um, Next bit is probably going to take us a bit more time because it seems like some other teams are starting to feel the worries effect. Phil Gould has come out and backed claims from Todd Payton and Justin Holbrook that there's a ref bias towards the top sides. Um, he all, Gould also caught COVID this week, so not a good week for him. But um, what is your thoughts on this, Richie? This seems to be something that's just occurring to Australian coaches now that there's a bias at times. Um we, we feel it quite a bit as Warriors fans, rightly or wrongly. Um, what's your take? Depends when you ask me, Brad. If you ask me during a Warriors game, there's 100% of bias. 
yeah, I don't. I don't think there's an agenda or anything, um, whether it's an conscious or unconscious thing with the refs that happens during certain games. Uh, you can you can look at some of the big teams and, and form your own opinion, but I think it's just from game to game it's different. Um, you'll you'll see certain games where um, some teams seem to get a roll on with the ref. Uh, and I don't think it's any one team in particular. It, it can sort of chop and change, but I think the officiating um, from game to game is pretty inconsistent at times. So, yeah. yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, it, it comes and goes. I think you get the the more successful you are, if you're winning, you generally things go your way. Um, it's just the way it is. It's, it's not always right, but it's the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. Mm. Um, when you're winning, things are generally heading your direction if you're if you're up against the wall it kind of feels like everything bad that will happen um does happen so um i i am always very critical of the rest with decisions they make against the warriors um obviously i write my reviews and match reports on the warriors game so i've kind of learned a bit more to be less one-sided i'll I'll try Mm. to look at it from the outside looking in at a decision and yeah if you watch we watch every game or almost every game of the week there's horrible calls that go against teams all the time it's not just yeah exactly um yeah it's it's an interesting ploy i think todd payton's gone into the ricky stewart books he's called out the refs and generally you get um all the 50 50 calls go your way the next week after you call them out uh which is a bit worrying for me as um as a Warriors fan um but yeah it's it's interesting um next bit's kind of a a two-pronged uh 25th of June is the rumored date that the Kiwis and Tonga will play each other at Mount Smart Stadium this year um going on to that a little bit there was a bit of noise and a bit of rumors in Australia that eventually leaked its way over here that the Warriors were not happy with this decision and were going to block players from playing in that test they wanted to be the first game played in New Zealand they've come out and disputed that and said that they're fine with it and they're not going to stop any players uh two-pronged attack what's your thoughts on on the game coming back and these rumors that came out about the Warriors and then their um, denial of them well like like you I know I know you're a fan Brad of of test rugby league and and we don't get enough of it um so if you were to offer me up a kiwis tonga test which we know will sell out um i'm all for that and i'll be all around that uh with bells on um yeah i'm glad the warriors have come out and said that they won't block players um from participating in the test because we've just had a lack of live sport here in New Zealand. So, you know, to have a, a test rugby league game here and then the Warriors coming back, it's, it's all good in my book as much as, yeah. as much as you can give us, let's take it. Yeah. No, I see Simon's put there um, that he can understand why the Warriors would have issues if it was true. Um, I can see why they might be a bit disappointed, but I don't think, it's going to affect the crowd the Warriors will get. Mm. Um, it's It doesn't matter. 
Kiwis Tonga, you play it at Mount Smart any time of the year, it's going to be yeah. a massive turnout. Um, that's just how it is in Auckland um, with Tongan, uh, Tongan League. They will come out in droves. And, yeah, like you said, we've been starved of these games. Um, if if they can give us the more, the merrier. And there's a World Cup at the end of the year. Yeah. The Kiwis haven't played since 2019. Um they need a game, and yeah, I'm all for it. I, the more the more league I can go to in person, the better for me. I, I'm sick of these Australians getting to go to all these games. Um, it's been it's been far too long that I've been stuck in this room. Um, I want to go watch some live footy. So yeah, I'm all for it. Would you go uh, wearing red or would you go wearing black? Ooh, black. Um, I, I, I guess it depends if uh, my boy Ben Murdoch Masilla is playing for Tonga or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a New Zealander, so I'm going for the Kiwis. I thought you were part Tongan. My, my bad. No, only only by association. Gotcha. Um, and then last bit of news before we move on: uh, Dale Cherry Evans is, is is extending his stay with Manly. He signed till the end of 2025, effectively ending his career with um, with Manly, which is good. When you think a few years back, he almost became a Titan. Um, mm. he, he did the backflip, uh, got a perfect 10 on the backflip. And, yeah, he I think he, he's still classy. He had a great game of the weekend. He did. Um, good to see. We don't see a lot of one-club men anymore, so it's good to see that he will actually stay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for for my for my second team, good old Manly, you know. What what's your take on the decision? Yeah, I'm pleased with it. Like you say, um, loyalty is a hard thing to come by in today's game, and um, I can't see him in any other jersey. To be fair, you know, um, would have been a shame to see him leave. Yeah, and I see Callum's commented that he lives in Tasmania, so he's also sick of Aussie getting all the matches. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's that's tough down there. Um, be interesting. I, I can't even. I did, have they even played any NRL games in Tasmania? They wouldn't have, had they? Not even. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, you'd know more than more than us, Caleb. But um, I, I like I like when they take games around to other places um, mm. to try to try to grow it. Um, they need to do it a lot. The NRL need to really pay attention. In New Zealand, as we've talked about a lot, especially if they want that second New Zealand team. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we see more of it spreading around. But we may as well get into reviewing round four, Richie. So um, this is where I, I hand you the keys. And um, Absolutely. Um, so starting off on Thursday night, game of the round. Um, Titans getting up over the Tigers, eight to six. Um, yeah, I don't know where you start with this game, Brad. Um only one try in the match to AJ Brimson in the 78th minute, so it took right up until the dying minutes to for a team to actually get over the line, and it was one of those games where it was a case of there was more errors than points in this match. So you go, Brad. You tell me what happened. I mean, they, the Tigers just weren't comfortable in letting the Warriors have one of the worst um, games in the history of the NRL, and they decided, no, look, we're going to change this. And make it um, 
make it our own thing. I think is it a case of the Tigers just making everyone play their worst when you go up against them? I'm not sure, but it was it was a dreadful game to watch. I we I was telling you and Paul before the show. Um, if I didn't do this this show every Wednesday, I probably would have stopped watching that game. It was horrible to watch. Um, kind of became a, a second screen type of fear, and I started doing other things, um, <laughs> listening to it and. In the end, I just felt sorry for the Tigers. It was heartbreaking to see them lose it the way they did. It looked like they were going to get their their win in what could have been the first game in the modern era without a try scored. And then just those dying seconds that um, their hands, um, I, I spoke about it last week, they don't know how to hold on to the ball. And when it really mattered, um, they dropped it. And yeah, heartbreaking for them. They just can't catch a break right now. Um I don't think they, they did enough to, to win the game either. If they had mm-hmm. still come out and won, um, I would have said that it, they were lucky to get it. Um, but then the tire Titans were no better. I don't think they deserved to win either. They were dropping the ball consistently too. Mm. Um, I think this is a, like we said last week, this would be a game the Titans will be thankful for the two points and we'll never want to talk about again. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um it's just one of those games that looked like neither team wanted to win it and one team just happened to do it. And we were talking before for the show. Uh, I, I said it was almost fitting that the one try that happened right at the end was a kind of a messy sort of off the post, someone dropped it, fluky try. Um, very fitting way to end the game. Um, and you, like you said, the Titans were no better than the Tigers. They actually made more errors than the Tigers. So, Yeah. I think both teams will want to forget that one and worrying signs a little bit if you're a supporter of both of those teams. guess it can only go up from there. Uh, the next game, Friday night, Sharks 18-0 over the Knights. We get our first donut for the year. The Knights failing to cross the line. Um, the Sharks didn't fail to cross the line, however. They came up with four tries. Aiden Tolman, Sione Katoa, uh, one to Takalai, who was, well, I'm sure you'll cover it, Brad. I, I can yes. see you smiling already. Yes. He, he had a stormer. And then one to William Kennedy. Um, yeah, our first donut for the year. I thought the Sharks looked pretty classy. Um, Talakai looked right up your alley, Brad. Shades of Conrad Hurrell out in the centres. What, what did you make of the game? Yeah, um, before I get on to that... Uh... That beautiful man causing all sorts of trouble. Um, as a former prop, I'd love seeing Aiden Tolman score the first try and yeah. in his three hundredth game, no less. Um, yeah. It was great to see. You you don't really expect a, a front rower playing off the bench to be the first try scorer, um, but great to see the Sharks. They just dominated this match. I know it wasn't a massive scoreline, um, mm. but uh, Nico Nico Hines he he had an off night with the boot. Um, he, he was a bit wayward with his kicking tee, um, but in the end, that didn't matter. They didn't need those extra points. It's always good. But um, yeah, Talakai was a monster. He got moved he into was. the centres. I saw that he was out in the centres, and I kind of had a little bit of a chuckle because he doesn't look like a centre. He's played centre in lower grades, but um, yeah, he was a monster. He had 17 tackle breaks mm. um, on his own. And was scary and all I, I love seeing him out there as long as he's not in the centers when he plays the Warriors because um yeah, our edge defense at 
at best at times um, as a bit iffy, and I think he would be a monster. But yeah, he's they've got some good forwards, the Sharks. So he, um, they have to put him somewhere. Um, Mm. So if he can't make it into the second row, just playing one extra out. um, I suppose the time will come when you're playing a team that can actually combat you in the attacking sense. Is he going to be a liability on defense? Um, He he. He's not the most mobile, but he's he's not the slowest either. So he might be okay. We won't see um, that. Who looking this week? We're probably not going to see it either. They're playing the Tigers, so um, watch for more tackle breaks from him this week. Um, but yeah, the Sharks, I think, are just going from strength to strength. And if they continue to improve like they are, they could be in uh, contention to be a top four side. Um, we're still very early days. But they're just they're just looking good right now. And Knights, they just never got out of the gate. Um, I still think the Knights are a good side. Uh, um, but yeah, they just never fired a shot. Kalen Ponga was far too quiet. Um, the Knights needed really needed his magic touch, and he offered very little. There's all the talk we talked about it briefly, and um, Barry mentioned it in the comments um, about. Is he going to be a Dolphin? Is he going to be a Knight? There were rumours that he's going to reject the Dolphins and stay for squillions of dollars with the Knights. Um, I personally, I'm going to stick to my guns that I said last week and think that the Knights should let him go. Um, use they With the money they want to pay him, they could get three players um, to fill their, their team. Tex Hoy isn't a superstar fullback by any means, but he did, he did the job when he needed to. But for a million dollars, think of what you could get to fill that roster. Um, you've got to look. I Before the season started, I said there's two players worth a million dollars in this game, and that's Nathan Cleary and Tommy Turbo. Everyone yeah. else that they're talking about million dollars are not worth it. Payne Haas is not worth it. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't see it. A million dollars is a crazy amount of money anyway. Um but yeah, I don't think KP is consistent enough. He gets injured a lot. Um, Tommy Turbo gets injured, but when he, like I said earlier, if Manly don't have him in the side, I automatically predict they're losing. Um, Kalen yeah. Ponga, if he's in the side or not, it doesn't seem to really have a big impact. Um, talented player, but yeah, I just think he's not worth the money and. I don't think he's worth painting yourself into a corner salary cap wise just to keep him. Um, but what's your take? I've went on a massive front there. You, you... <laughs> no, that's, that's fine, mate. I'll just come into ice it. Uh, the key word you use there is consistency. Um, he'll go on a stretch where he looks like an absolute world beater and, and can't be touched. And then, then like you say, uh, he has games like this one on the weekend where, it's pretty much anonymous, you know. Um, you can pretty much put him in a Queensland backline surrounded by class players and he and he looks good. But, yeah, I don't think he's like a um, Tommy Turbo, like you say. I don't I don't think he can consistently put the team on his shoulders and, and drag them to wins. Yeah. And uh, Simon's come back and said, Jason Tomalolo is worth a million dollars for the Cowboys. I think he used to be. I don't think he is now. Uh, I think the game's changed in... He's not really as impactful. Um, and saying that if if I could offer him a million dollars to come to the Warriors, I'd be paying it. So mm. 
I'm very, um, let's see, yeah, I'm very on the fence with that. Uh, if it's a million dollars to get a quality player to your team, potentially, uh, I just think for the Dolphins, Pong is not a guy to build around. Um, but yeah, yeah. the Cowboys, the Cowboys need Tomololo. Uh, would I be paying him a million dollars to stick around if he said I'm going to go elsewhere? Maybe not, but the Cowboys don't really have a lot of options either. Um, where, yeah, the Dolphins have every option on the planet right now. Mm. They could basically take half the Warriors team if you listen to the rumors that Tony Kemp's trying to spread. Uh, we don't listen to him. But we don't listen to Tony Kemp on this <laughs> channel. Um, so next game, Richie. Yep, so the next game was the Panthers getting up over the Rabbitohs, 26-12 in the grand final replay. Um, five tries to two. Isaac Tago, Stephen Crichton, Taylor May with a double and Liam Mutt to two tries from the Rabbitohs, Campbell Graham and Cody Walker. Uh, thought it was a pretty efficient performance by the Panthers, Brad, and that left-hand side, Tago and May are going absolute bananas right now. Um, what do you think? Yeah, Panthers just keep winning, don't they? Um, before we even get into it, the eight-point try. Good yes. call or bad call? Uh, yeah, um, we won't ref bash, eh? Let's agree with it. Um, no, I don't. I wanted I don't to agree. set. I wanted to set you up for that horrible, horrible call. <laughs> um, it, it's if you go by the letter of the law, um, he did connect, yeah, with his foot, but I don't think he was leading with his foot. This um, is why I is, wanted to. This is why I wanted to set you up. Yeah, you have a um, reputation to uphold. Yeah, he uh, it wasn't a Billy Slater baseball slide into someone's face, it was yeah. kind of an accident. He was trying to stop the try. Um, it's the same as when you see the, the shoulder charges, um, the shoulder charges when someone's trying to stop a try. I don't, yeah, I think it was harsh. Um, but it's that it's what we talk about the uh, the rubber, the green when you're successful, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it. I don't think it would have changed the outcome by any means, but it, it wasn't good for the rabbits there. Um, Ivan, uh, Ivan, Nathan Cleary's first game back. Um, mm -hmm. I think he was solid enough. He had a shocker at the kicking tee, which is going to be an ongoing trend this round. Um, I can't find a weakness in Penrith right now. They've got a, a big pack, great halves, and a dangerous backline. Um, does that mean they can't be beaten? I don't think so. It's just going to take a mighty effort. Um, and the Rabbitohs, I said it a lot last year, They, um, when they know how to hold on to the ball, they can beat anybody, but mm. they couldn't. They made 14 errors in this game, and basic, 14 errors against any team in the NRL, you're uh, in an uphill battle. But 14 errors against the Panthers, you're just um, you're taking the piss, thinking you're going to get a win here. Um Rabbits haven't had the easiest start, so I'm not going to be writing them off. Um, they sort those errors, their title contenders again automatically. Ooh, the yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I like the word I used at the top was that was just efficient from the Panthers, and you said Rabbits made 14 errors. Panthers only made seven, so they made half the errors. Um, yeah, you, you're on the money, Brad way too many errors from the Rabbitohs to even be in the same ballpark as the Panthers. So they'll rue that. But like you say, pretty tough start for them to the year. So um, 
onwards and upwards from there. We'll, we'll see what happens. Then, then to the big game of the weekend, the Warriors 20-6 to over the Broncos on a two-game run, putting us in sixth place. Um, yeah. At the, it's time. Our, it's At the time. Yeah, seventh now. Um, but after we get over the Cowboys this week, we'll be firmly in the top eight. Uh, and, and we'll stay there. Um, top, top four uh, so, here we can. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was I thought it was a pretty good performance, Brad, from the Warriors, you know, an improvement from the week before. Uh, three tries to one. Jesse Arthur's grabbing a double against his club that he's being loaned from. And Marcelo Montoya grabbing the other try. And only one try for the Broncos to Adam Reynolds, which I thought was highlights the big improvement in our defense this week. Uh, we only conceded the one try to a, a grubber kickoff Reynolds, a bit of individual play, so... Yeah, unpack it for me, Brad. I know you would have enjoyed this game. Yeah, I see Nigel's here too. Evening, Nigel. Um, I forgot. I I had it on my news list, but um, I skipped it by mistake. We had um, after this game the uh, the footage of Payne Haas and Albert Kelly having a, a bit of a scuffle. Um, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't from after this game. It, they I think they believe they say it was after the game they played against the Bulldogs, so a few weeks ago. Um, not a good look. For, for the team, um, I'm hearing that um, it looks like the Broncos are going to stand down Payne Haas for some time, um, a couple of weeks for it. Albert Kelly got injured and is going to be out for some time anyway. But, yeah, we'll probably talk about that a bit more next week anyway. But I think for this match, it was probably the best match the Warriors have had this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan Brown came out in the, the post-match and said that they simplified the game plan um, which is something I've kind of been calling in my reviews that they needed to do. Um, they Rather than having our front rowers try to be playmakers, which we all know front rowers are probably the best playmakers in the game in a row anyway. Um, they they are better than a halfback. They've got better hands, you know, need I say more. But you, you pay those big value halves for a reason. Um, so seeing Adam Fenua Blake and Matt Lodge decide to uh, just dominate the middle and bend the the defensive line and allow Sean to do all that stuff. And it worked wonders. Adam Fenua Blake ran almost 200 metres. He had 200 metres at the end of the game, and then the NRL took it back and made it 196. Uh, Matt Lodge had 175 as well. Um, And, yeah, once they're doing that, um, I think we talked about it before the season started after the preseason matches, when the Warriors can get the ball rolling up the middle, um, they're very hard to stop. Um, all the Broncos, former Broncos, I should say, did well. Arthur's getting that double. Um, there's rumours now that um, the Warriors want to keep him full-time. Uh, I don't blame them. I, I would pick him up in a heartbeat. And I still don't see, once this year ends, I still don't see Arthur's getting into the Broncos team straight away with Katoni Staggs and the like there. Mm. So, um, yeah, I... I would be interested in keeping him along. Um, but, yeah, I thought the defense improved. That's been my bugbear all year. If anyone reads my reviews, um, it's always a negative I have is missed tackles and their, um, their inability to defensively line up properly um, is probably the, the most uneducated way I could say it. Um, but they... They were really good. Adam Pompey impressed me. I, I know mm. 
we talked a lot about it after the game um, that when I saw Adam Pompey was named in the centres, I kind of was like, oh, no, because I don't like him as in the centres. But he did well defensively. Um, he, he shut down his opposition. He had some flick passes out um, to feed his winger, which is all I want a centre to do is feed the winger. Um, I suppose the only thing I could say is there were no tries in the second half, which had mm. me a little bit concerned. But this is the first game that the preferred spine have played together. So I think we'll see points start to flow a bit better consistently throughout the game um, once they're clicking. And I just like to see that like they weren't pushing to get more more tries and costing themselves the game like we've seen so many times. Um, I think it's kind of a fable for Warriors fans that you're basically waiting until the 79th minute going that the Warriors could let this slip here. Um, so it was good to see them you know, build that foundation and they were still trying, but they weren't throwing 50 fifties all the time, which mm. is exciting when it works, but oh, heartbreaking when it doesn't. And yeah, Broncos, uh, I'm rambling here. The Broncos just look like the team of old. Um, they make too many errors. They were shut down. Katoni uh, Stags and all their, their strike weapons were shut down. Payne Haas still had a big game. But I still felt like he didn't really have the impact you expect from him. Um, he was running for all the meters, which was great, but he wasn't being able to break through and give an offload like you see from time to time with him. Um, and their discipline um, was horrible. Um, Fledger got sided four times, as we talked about already. Simbin once. Turpin got a Simbin. Uh, stupid decision by him um, towards the end of the game. And... Um, yeah, Broncos have a tough fortnight coming up. So it's going to be tough uh, for them to get their confidence back. But I think once the confidence is back, they do have a shot of still being a top eight team. Um, there's just a lot to work on. Much like the Warriors have, um, there's still a lot of work for the Warriors too. Um, but great performance, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I think it was just professional. We you know, like you say, the gloss went off a little bit in the second half, but we still did enough to control it. Our forwards, which was one thing I was really impressed with, and we, we talked about it during the game, um, just tucked the ball under the wing and ran hard and bent the line, uh, got quick play of the balls. So I feel like we dominated in that area and it just let Sean control things. Uh, he had a nice try assist. He was putting up good pinpoint bombs and our chase kick chase was good. So... Um, I think once we got to the second half, that was all we needed and then put a couple of penalty goals to seal it as well. Um, you know, the tries weren't coming, but we were good enough to control. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The game through yeah. to the finish without too much of a heart attack. Um, thank goodness we're used to those heart attacks around here. Um, but yeah, Bronco, like you, you said too, look, look, looked a little bit like the Broncos of old. So, um, yeah, bit of a worry in the next couple of weeks for the Broncos, but we'll take it. Brad puts us in the exactly puts us in the, puts us in the eight, so yeah, it's got to be good. Uh, your second team in the next game. Manly Sea Eagles getting up 25-6 to six over the Raiders. Four tries to one. Ruben Garrick, Morgan Harper, Haumole Alokoatu, and Tom Trebojevic with the tries for Manly to just the one try for the Raiders through Jack Whiten. Uh, and their playmaker, Daly Cherry Evans, with a huge game, a 40-20, a 20-40, and a field goal, the massive kicking performance. Um, yeah. Go on, Brad. Go on, your aunt. Your second yeah. team. Yeah, so DCE was on fire in this match. Um, he's now become the first player to kick a 20-40 and a 40-20 in the same match. And then, yeah, he kicked another field goal, I think. That's mm. his 25th. Yeah. Um, unbelievable game from him. Um, it's There was nothing fancy here. Um, yeah, I don't love a kicking game. I hate kicking. Kicking's cheating, but um, it, it seems to work. Um yeah, it was just a simple game plan. There wasn't anything fancy out of Manly here. Um, DCE made sure they controlled territory, and um, Manly just got to work. If um, if you're constantly trying to fight out of your own half, you're generally not going to uh, get a win. You can't really set a game plan going, we're going to have to run 80 metres to score all our tries. Mm-hmm. Um, it generally doesn't work. I thought Tommy Turbo had an, an all right game. Um, he's yep. kind of getting back to his old self, and then he got injured. Um, it's not going to help the Seagulls the next month while he's gone, and I need him to come back super strong from injury so he can still get the Deli M like I predicted in the preseason. Um, Raiders were just too inconsistent. They've got talented players. Um, it's just not clicking. Um, in their defense, they are playing without their top half and hooker, mm. and um, not not all teams are like the Roosters and have you know forty million extra dollars to kind of make you have decent depth so um it's a big hit for them um they just need to build confidence i just said it with the broncos build some confidence and get out of that slump and i think they'll um they'll do okay uh but they had the storm this weekend so it's not going to get easier anytime soon um but yeah i i i've always got a soft spot for the raiders Mm. Um, from the good old days of Bradley Clyde, who I used to pretend I um, I was like. So, um, yeah, sorry, Paul. <laughs> what, what were your takes on it, Richie? Yeah, I thought the Manly Seagulls were very professional, obviously led by Daly Cherry Evans, um, led them around the field really well. I just thought the Raiders, uh, they went at the races, to be fair. I thought they were trying hard. They... They're throwing a lot of offloads. I think they had 21 offloads, but, you know, a lot of those weren't hitting the hand. And 
I think they were trying their hand a lot, but they just they looked like they were lacking a bit of direction. And yeah, um, the Sea Eagles just turned the screws on them and, and pushed out to a pretty you know comfortable win in the end. Definitely. The game after that on Saturday, the Cowboys getting rolled by the Roosters, twenty-eight to four. Six tries to one for the Roosters. We had tries to Paul Momorowski, Joey Manu got a double, Victor Radley, Kevin Nagama, and Daniel Tupo. Just the one try for the Cowboys, Murray Taulangi, who is picking up tries this year. But yeah, um, Roosters pretty much had this one wrapped up by halftime. Brad twenty to nil at halftime. Um, Cowboys couldn't find a way back. Uh, yeah. A little bit of disciplinary issues for the Cowboys too with three sin bins. What did you make of the match? Yeah, the Roosters were uncomfortable in this one. It was an easy stroll for them, yet the three sin bins against the Cowboys did not help them at all. Um, mm. That's where the talk from Peyton uh, came out where he said that the Roosters were getting the, the rub of the green. Um, I just think it was a complete performance from the Roosters. Everyone played their part. Um, but Walker, Sam... Uh, Sam Walker's another half that needs to learn how to goal kick. I don't know what's going on. He hit two from six. Um, obviously, you know, they didn't need... Um, they um, they didn't need the um, those points in the end, but the whole back line was just consistently asking um, questions of the defence. And um, it's. I think it makes the Roosters really hard to target in a game plan. Like, which backline player is their strike weapon? They kind of all are. So, um, mm. good for the Roosters there. The Cowboys were dreadful. I think they lack direction. But playing with 12 men isn't easy. Um, they did have calls go against them 100%. But it's that cliche, you need to play better and take the ref out of the game. It's not easy to do. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure they'll, have a, they'll bounce back. But hopefully it's not this weekend. Yeah, 100%. Hopefully it's not this weekend. Um, see a bit of banter in the chat there, Brad. You, you, I am liking how you're talking about kicking. It's almost like you're a half in a front rower's body. All, all um, front rowers are halves. <laughs> yeah, um, not much to say about this match. The Roosters pretty much had this one locked up at halftime, like we were saying. I thought Joey Manu had a massive game. He was looking really slick. And... Um, all the other big guns are doing their bit too. James Tedesco, uh, yeah, pretty much a comfortable win for the Roosters. My my premiership tip from the start of the year, so hopefully they keep that up. Uh, now, the last two games, we had a couple of blowouts to end the week. Um, the first Sunday game, Storm 44, Bulldogs the second donor for the weekend, 44-0. Eight tries yeah. to nil. Ryan Pappenhausen with four. Josh King, Kenny Bromwich, Xavier Coates, and Felice Kofusi. Um, six from eight off the tee from Ryan Pappenhausen. So there's one goal kicker that had a little bit of success. You, you will, yeah. You'll enjoy that, Brad. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, pretty one-sided this one. But what do you reckon? Yeah, Storm were crazy good with ball in hand in this match. Um, Stat-wise, if you looked at the stats, these teams were very close, which is crazy when you look at the mm. scoreline. Um, but the Storm just know how to execute better. And when you give them a chance, they're going to take it with both hands. And we saw that in this game. They got a few uh, breaks and went the length of the field. Mm. Uh, Pappenhausen, yeah, another amazing game. He scored four tries. 
um, was kicking six from eight, as you said. Uh, the guy might not know how to find a barber, but he can find his way to the <laughs> line. Um, the Bulldogs, though, they, they weren't as bad as the scoreline suggested. As I mentioned, the stats were close. They missed less tackles in the storm, um, mm. but they just struggled to get themselves in scoring situations. Um, they got a talented side, but they just need to figure out how to get their attacking weapons into the match. That's um, It's easier said than done, but um, they've got a brutal two weeks coming up. Um, so we'll see what they learn from this match and if they're the same team um, we saw last year or if they've actually improved. They've um, Unfortunately, they're throwing um, Flanagan to the Wolves by bringing him into the halves. They keep changing mm. the halves. I, I don't know what's going on there, but um, yeah, I, I don't know what else you can really say. I agree with you that they've, and we've spoken about it in the first few weeks as well, that the Bulldogs have really struggled to get over the line there at, I think they've been pretty sound defensively up until this game, but they're really struggling with their attack. Um, I think Josh Adokar's uh, finding life, you know, a lot harder to get over the line in the blue and white jersey. Um, yes. He might have struggled a bit in this game, maybe wishing he was still in the purple. Um, but, yeah, it's right. a problem for the Bulldogs, so they've got to um, figure out a way to get some fluency in their attack. Yeah. And the last game, Richie, the last game. The Red Hot Parramatta Eels, 48-14 to 14 over the Dragons. Brad would have loved that result. His wooden spoon tip getting an absolute pasting. Beautiful, beautiful. Eight tries to two uh, for the Eels. Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses with, with a double. Nathan Brown, Reed Mahoney, Clint Gutherson and Wonga Blake with a double to two tries from the Dragons, Jack Bird and Tarek Sims. 12-8 um, at halftime, so it was pretty competitive up until that point, but then the Eels just went bananas. Um, some really slick tries too. Did you enjoy it, Brad? Uh, it, it was another blowout, and yeah, I couldn't be happier to see the Dragons demolished, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I thought so. Um, Mitch Moses was unbelievable. He, yeah, he scored a double. He was 100% at the kicking tee. Uh, Dylan Brown was no slouch either. Um, these two are really combining well this year, and mm. um, they're just the exact opposite of what we just talked about with the Bulldogs. They're just great at getting their team into scoring opportunities. Yeah, uh, Their back five were dangerous as well, um, and this is the Eels we're used to seeing at this time of year, so I don't like to, to get too excited. Um, if they get a sniff, they, they have a blinder. Um, they're a team that can compete with those top sides. Um, mm. They just need to keep this level of performance for the entire season. We get to like halfway point and they start falling away. Um, so, yeah, I get sucked into the hype too much with this team. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to just back away a little bit and see how they go. Um, the Dragons, they made some puzzling choices before this match, dropping yeah. some players. Yep. And I think it hurt them here. Um I would have kept a, a Moni in the halves, left Jack Bird in the forwards. Um, I would have kept Sloan at fullback instead of bringing Moses Imbai in there. Um, I think Imbai is a great number 14. Um, and, yeah, I basically, when I saw the changes, I was like, the um, Dragons have already conceded defeat here. Mm. Um, and um, I think on a positive note for the Dragons, I think Ben Hunt did play well in a losing side. Yeah. But he was basically on his own out there. 
yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I tend to get sucked into the hype with this team too. So, um, yeah, we'll wait to see how they go later in the year. But Dylan Brown looks like he's gone to another level this year. Um, again, this game he looked deadly. Some uh, his try was fantastic. Deadly um, left foot step. He's looking fast and dangerous. But I don't have a lot more to add. But I wanted to ask you about this, Brad, because you're. Um, you know, you, you're the one that loves all the offloads and the um, flick passes. Bryce Cartwright putting oh. Mitch Moses over um, in the 75th minute. It was what did beautiful. you think of well, how, it? How good was, how good was that? Midair flick pass. Um, yeah, what do you reckon of that? Cartwright's one of those players that can do things like that. But the problem is half the time it goes to nobody or it goes flying over the sideline and it hits an old lady in the crowd. Um you know, so it's great when it works. Um, but it was one of those nights where everything was working. So yep. um, when when luck's on your side like that, that's when you chance your arm. But yeah, I always like the flamboyant stuff. It's it's a joy to watch. Um, yeah, got me out of my chair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good round, which takes us to our picks. Um, Paul gave us a bit of a sneak preview when we were. Um, promoting you there with your your perfect round um we've had a, a little bit of change in the ladder um i you got the perfect round i got one wrong because i didn't back the warriors and paul unfortunately uh not paul simon um had four out of eight which saw uh, all the leadership change i am now at the top as i should always be with 20 out of 32 <laughs> Um, you've come into second place at 19 out of 32, and Simon's gone down to third at 18 out of 32. It's still very close, though. Um, yes. Can all change, which is great to see. Um, but, yeah, it's good to see that the, the hosts of the show are at the top again. Um, we we might be learning, or, or Simon just helped us out by having an off week. So a couple more like that, Simon, would be great. Um, yeah, the, the check is in the mail, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still good to see us all in tight contention and uh, probably another change in leadership by the end of uh, this weekend, no doubt. Um, before we go on to questions, we'll just do a quick rundown of the women's uh, premiership. I, we may as well talk about the latter too, because um, it's the first time the Warriors are in the eight. Um, Ooh, so Panthers, Panthers are still number one, undefeated. Uh, Storm is second. Eels a third, Sharks a fourth. Uh, Cowboys, despite their their little bit of slump, are still fifth. Roosters a sixth. The Mighty Warriors a seventh, and the Knights the eighth. Uh, Titans ninth, Seagulls tenth, Broncos eleventh, Raiders twelfth, and then we go to the final four. Um, Rabbitohs thirteenth, Bulldogs fourteenth, the Dragons, who someone predicted to be wooden spoon, are now fifteenth. Um, and the Tigers are dead last as the only team yet to win. So uh, Titans, uh, not Titans, Tigers will get a couple of wins. Dragons will keep being rubbish, and I will get that prediction right, even though you laughed at me about it. <laughs> uh, just nice to see the Warriors sitting there in seventh, and after we topple the Cowboys this week. Sorry, don't want to jinx it. Yeah. 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 Back up towards the top four where we belong. <laughs> exactly. And, um, yeah, the women's premiership, we had the semifinals in the weekend, um, bit of an upset. Uh, the Dragons defeated the Titans 24-18, and the Roosters defeated the Broncos 22-16, making the grand mm. final 
the Dragons versus the Roosters and the first grand final without the Broncos. Yep. Um, yeah, I was a bit surprised. I kind of, I think we talked about it last week. We kind of predicted a, a Dragons-Broncos final. Um, got half of it right. Uh, what was your take on the games? No, I, I actually tipped for the upset. I, I tipped the Titans to upset the Dragons, so I was wrong on both counts. So good thing we're not doing a tipping comp for the women's premiership. But, um, yeah, good, great games. Um, the Roosters game, big surprise, obviously. And I, I know that a lot of the Broncos fans are feeling a bit dudded. The second-to-last try for the Roosters looked to be pretty dubious with a, a putting the ball down a bit short of the line. Um and a number of calls, but hey, the Broncos have had a lot of success, so it's it's kind of nice to see someone getting upset and, and the title going to somebody new. Yeah, and Simon's just mentioned that as well, saying um, that it's uh, a good thing that the Broncos are in the grand final. Yeah, it shows it shows growth in the mm. game, which is good. Um, I see. Yeah, Callum's come out with fire, saying that we make Ruin Hammer look second rate. That's that's a harsh call. They um they're our mates. They they do a great show over there and yeah. um yeah. They get all the all the all the famous people on their show. Um you just listen to us ramble rubbish for an hour. <laughs> um but yeah, I love what they do over there and um I'm still trying to I'm still trying to get the record for the, the most appearances. Um but yeah, question time since Paul is rushing us. Um Hey, you just said you were rambling. So I just tell you to stop faffing and get on with it. If you're, if you're rambling, so put rambling. Jeez, that's one of Brad's um, key skills. Yeah, well, that's what yes. I do. I know, but I'm thinking like, hey, we've, we've we've just got through the review and like, yeah, it's the hour mark. Ready to end yeah. the show. I oh, know, so right. we've still got a half, half hour to go. Um, so if you only goes, we'll be interesting um, to see the response um, that the cowgirls. Ooh, dearie me, cowgirls um, <laughs> get to Todd Payton's comments. Uh, maybe he's trying to get the same response as um, Justin Holbrook got for the Titans. Thoughts on uh, Todd Payton's comments? Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what he's doing. Um, I think I, I mentioned it in the in the news section. It's the Ricky Stewart. Ricky Stewart's renowned for I love I love Sticky, but he knows the right time to come out there and cop a fine, um, hurl abuse at the refs, and then the next week he is on the right side of the ledger when it comes to refereeing decisions. Um, Costs you ten grand, but it, it helps you. Um, so I think that's Peyton's tried to do it. Would have loved to see him do it a bit for when the Warriors, when he was our coach, um, but he didn't. But yeah, I think we'll see um, a few 50 50 calls go their way. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to matter. I think we're going to crush him. Yeah, cool. um, uh, Robbie says, uh, How's your fantasy teams going? I don't know. What, do, you, do you guys? And play fantasy. I know you guys we're obviously doing our predictions, but do you play fantasy as well? I'm actually uh, not Rich, this year. Yeah, Richie uh played fantasy with me last year and was getting schooled, so he's retired. Yeah, um, I, I retired. Look, 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 what you guys get up for the weekend is between the two Um I'm still doing it. I'm not doing that well. I'm in super coach as well, and I'm doing a lot better in super coach. Um, it's my first year there, but fantasy's not too bad. I um came into the season quite cocky because I had um, Nathan Cleary, Tommy Turbo and Ryan Pappenhausen all in my roster. And then Tommy's been rubbish fantasy wise and Cleary was out for the first month. Um, but I had Pep in my team last week and he got me over a hundred points. So 
not doing great, but not doing bad. Um, I did see a comment in there, Paul, you might not have seen it yet, from Callum about front rowers and the NRL woman. Yeah, I'm guessing um, that. I'm, I'm making my way oh, through it. There are a number sorry. of questions. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're sorry. rushing me. Yeah, I'm thinking you ramble and, and blab on about fancy. So, yeah. um, Brad, uh, Callum says, uh, he asked Hammer uh, who he thought the uh, best front rower in the NRL women's is, but he said that you would be the person to know instead. Being a front rower yourself with those ham-fisted hands you've got, um, what is your, um, who is the uh, best front rower in the NRL women's competition? See, this isn't a good look for uh, for Hammer, just getting asked a question saying, ask someone else. Um, horrible. <laughs> horrible as a host. Um, but in this chance, he is right. Out of the four of us on both of these shows, I am the the expert when it comes to the front row. And hands down, it's Millie Boyle in my eyes. Um, she was in a losing team in the Broncos uh, in the weekend. But Millie Boyle... It's you can't call it a man crush, can you? It's a crush. Yeah. Um, I, I love I love Millie Boyle to bits. Um, I think she's a fantastic player, and um, yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, she kind of won me over in Origin when she got her nose um, sent to the back of her head and kept playing on. Um, but she's yeah a tough a tough front rower. Um, that's probably as good as any front rower. I've seen on on both sides of the spectrum there, so she's my point. Any any love for Elsie Albert from the drag uh, from the Dragons, Brad? Because she is an absolute monster. She yeah, is she a monster. The dragons, so come on, it's, it's not. But a yeah, what what are you asking? I, I I don't rate anyone that plays for the Dragons. <laughs> oh no, I just thought you might like the way she plays because she's pretty destructive. She's very aggressive. Mm. Yeah. Um. Moving on then, Callum also says, yeah, Brisbane have missed the memo. Um, expansive entertainment rugby league is currently the vogue. Their conservative out of style um, doesn't work. They need to get with the program. Do you uh, do you agree with this one? I thought the Broncos have been uh, going a little bit better recently. Um, they've had a drop in form. I kind of disagree a little bit because that's what the Warriors were getting wrong at the start. And then the Warriors simplified their game plan and it worked. Um, it's that fine line. You don't. The one out one out style isn't doesn't work anymore. But if you can do the hard yards in the middle and then go one or two out, it works, which we saw for the Warriors. Uh, the problem is the Broncos are doing trying to do the middle with Payne Haas, and then when they go out, they drop it. Um, mm. Fix they've got one of the most devastating runners um, in Katoni Stags, but whenever he touches the ball, he just bobbles um, right now. Um, so yeah, they've got to find that line. They can't go one out, but they can't just throw it around willy nilly because they don't have the respect for the ball that's required to do that. Cool. Um, Robbie says, "Imagine technology where the ball touches the try line. The try line lights up. Imagine how many uh, tries were actually put down on the grass, but there's no try because there's no evidence." What are your thoughts on uh, the um, NRL investing in some smart ball technology to, to let this happen? You go first, Richie. Sure. Um, so what's he said there? Imagine when the ball touches the line, it lights up. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I don't know if you're referring to the Roosters-Broncos NRLW game, the women's game, uh, with the second-to-last try. But, yeah, um, you see it happen all the time, don't you? So that would be very cool. Um, don't know how feasible it is and how, how easy that would be to do, but... Um, 
I'm doing my normal fence sitting thing. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Honestly, yeah. sorry, folks. Richie and technology are not uh, generally not not two things that go well together. We're not uh, mates. No. Yeah, but so you're not mates yet. You're for it. I I don't want to see. It. I hate this technology rubbish. Um, <laughs> it's. I know. Um, we haven't really covered it because I have. I don't understand it yet. Um, but they're uh, talking about the technology and putting microchips in the ball to figure out the forward passes and whatnot. Um, I think it's gonna. It's just gonna create more stoppages in the game, um, which we're trying to get away from. Um, every five seconds is gonna be. Like for the forward part, this is deviating, but for the forward passes, there's going to be one that's three millimeters forward and it's going to stop everything because the computer said so. Um, but yeah, the corner, I don't know. It, it's kind of like your your cricket, right? That that other sport that they play where you hit the wicket and it lights up. Yeah. Um, but a bit of excitement for the, the people with short attention spans. Um, that's what I was just going to say. I'm all about the lights and... Yeah, flash, flashing bells and whistles. You know, make the make the posts flash green when the ball goes through them, and let's do all of that. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, okay. and we should have fireworks coming out the top of the um, yeah uh, the uh, out, out, out the top of the, the the post when the ball goes over. Yeah. fantastic. I mean, really love awesome. that. He's all, all for a kicking game, so um, he's, he's all for celebrating more kicks. Well, I've <laughs> um, been I've been sitting there in cold stadiums and just waiting for a try scoring so the flames come out and get you. Yeah, ball, so. <laughs> Uh, we also like Thunderdome, where there's some sort of a ring of fire around the uh, around the pictures to keep you guys warm. Um, Robbie wants to know who's your all-time Warriors um, Australian seventeen. Need all day. That, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not a show then, Robbie. I'm afraid we'll um, down, come back for that one. Yeah, uh, tune in next week, and I'll have a seventeen. Yeah, I'll do one too. There you go. Yeah, next we'll week we'll have that ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but we also want to test your knowledge. Um, tell, tell them about Carl Doherty back in the day, or is that another? Is that, is, is, or is that a, page, a, a supporters special that we'll do uh, um, on, on that <laughs> one? Um, he played for the Warriors in '99. Um, played basically was brought in to cover Matty Ridge. Um, played like mm. four or six games or something. It was a handful. Um, nothing much. Um, he was uh, back, so I don't really care about him. Um, <laughs> he, I think he played for Glenora in New Zealand, if I'm testing my knowledge. I, I don't know. Um, there we go. What, what's, yeah, that's probably as much as I can tell you. He was a, a no-name back, like all backs are, and um, he, he did us, his part. Let us know, Robbie, how many counts Brad was correct on there. <laughs> exactly. I'm just uh, scrolling through to see if there'd be any questions while we've been chatting. Um, uh, the um, kinds of any other sports you guys really watch enjoy watching. For me, well, obviously rugby union, my my thing rather than league. And I do. I, I enjoy I enjoy road cycling. Boys, what's, what are you? I mean, I'm surprised Brad has any time um, between uh, basically uh, his. Um, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, his those those funny head things he's got in the background, uh, and uh, and NRL. Anything else? Any time for anything else, Brad? Um, yeah, I've kind of set my sporting life up that NRL goes, and then as soon as the NRL finishes, the NFL starts. Um, so I watch the NFL as much as I can. Uh, my team in the NFL is doing horrible, so I haven't watched it as much. 
Um, but I generally always try to get Super Bowl off so I can watch that. Um, they're the main two. I used to watch a lot of Union, kind of fallen out of love with it a bit over the years. Um, still watch from time to time, but yeah, it's mainly that. And my cousin's a basketballer, so I've been watching a bit of basketball since he's playing in the NBL. So I, I go and watch the Ken's Taipans, who he plays for. Um, that's about it. Um, still really don't understand basketball that much, other than I still reckon I can take him one-on-one if he, if he ever decided to watch anything I do. Um, he wouldn't take me up on the challenge because he's scared. And uh, Simon says NHL. I think it's probably a um, with the way those hockey guys smash into each other. It's, it's probably a, a good companion sport for uh, for NRL. Um, Richie, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a sport junkie. Rugby union, I love as well. I know not all league fans do. Um, tennis, cricket, football. I love I love a bit of turf billiards. I don't mind a bit of football. I support the Phoenix living down here in Wellington. Um, and co- combat Sickening. sports as well. Boxing and MMA, I love a bit of that. So, oh yes, same here. Boxing yeah. and UFC and stuff. Yeah. Um, my weekends are generally pretty full if there's a good sporting weekend on. And then being a stay-at-home dad, it's, it's, it's midweek stuff. It's full. It's, it's full of all yeah, replays. So it's exactly. Great. And, and I can watch all the NBA and stuff being a stay-at-home dad, so it's good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's the questions from the live chat, guys. Cool. Um, I'll go with my question first because I think mine's a bit quicker. Um, after starting strong, the Broncos, Bulldogs, and Cowboys appear to be falling into old habits. Do you think they're going to bounce back, or will they just repeat their 2021 form? Nice and easy. I didn't tip either of these three teams for my top eight at the start of the year. I don't think they will make the top eight. I don't think they have the depth to cover a lot of injuries or and or suspensions, so... I think it'll be. I don't think either of these teams will get the wooden spoon. I think maybe the Tigers will have that one locked up. Um, if I'm going to make an early punt on that, but yeah, I think these three teams will be sitting somewhere from nine to nine to sixteen, somewhere in that realm, in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, I'm just looking at our predictions. Both of us had all three of these teams outside of the eight. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same trend. I, I expect the the Bulldogs, I expected them to improve and be like anywhere between 9 and 11. Yeah. Um, they've got a tough run coming up now, so they might mm. start filtering down, but they'll all be above the Dragons, which is the goal, I think, for every team. So Sorry, filtering down. They're 14th. It's not like the Bulldogs can filter down much lower <laughs> than 14th. There's still two spots they can go down, Paul. Um, it's basic mess. You can see it right there in the picture. There's still two spots. Um, but, but by your estimation, the Dragons have that. Dragons are going to be dead last, yes. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, your question for me now. Um, okay, so last week, last couple of weeks, we've been doing a bit of, uh, having a bit of fun, doing a bit of fantasy picks. Um, I asked you last week to select your all-time Warriors forward pack. Uh, what is your all-time Warriors backline to conclude to conclude the segment of fantasy selections? Yeah, um, you you made me do the the thing I dislike the most, which is pick backs. I know. Uh, um, you you t- we talked about it a bit afterwards, and um, I think we've actually got the exact same lineup. Um, so I've got fullback. I've got Roger. 
Roger Tovasashek. My wings, I've got Francis Malley and Manu Vatavai. Uh, my centers, I've got Clinton Torpy and Brent, uh, Brent Tate. Um, Harbs are Sean Johnson, Stacey Jones. And then I've got Lance O'Hire as my interchange. Um, I, I mentioned him last week anyway, as because I included him on the bench I made. Mm. That's it. There, there's a lot of players you can pick. Um, there's Brent Webb, um, obviously, as well, but I've gone with Roger. Um, but yeah, that's the team I've picked. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what our teams look like just picking Australians next week. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. Your backline was exactly the same that I would have picked. Yeah. To a T. So great minds think, think alike. Um, so, like, question here Brad, who's the best front row of all time? I can answer that on behalf of Brad. It's Paliasina. <laughs> it's Paliasina. Paliasina by a. Um, yeah, if there's if there's ever a proper description of man crush, it's that. Yeah. Um, I love that man to bits. Tears tears were shed when it was announced he was leaving the Warriors. Um, if seriously taking all bias aside, the best front rower of all time. Oof. I think you'd have to go with Arthur Beatson, wouldn't you? Yeah, he'd, he'd be taking all bias out of. Yeah, in the modern age, I would go with Steve Price in terms of consistency. I think there weren't many that were more consistent for him, not only as a warrior, but as a bulldog. But yeah, of all time, you have to go all the way back to the, the Stone Age with Arthur Beatson. Um, he, yeah, he was just amazing, um, despite being uh, the team he played for. No love for Kane Evans then, Brad? Kane Evans is up there. Um <laughs> I'm still waiting for the um, the challenge when I challenged him to a, a boxing match. He has not replied yet. So until he replies, um, he can't yeah. be on the list. Make it um, what you will. But yeah, we've got the, uh, I've got Simon's picks. He gave them during the question segment. So I've, I've wrote them down and he's actually made a different pick to us because we've picked identical this week. Spoilers. But um, first up on Thursday, we've got Knights Seagulls. I've gone with the Knights for that simple um, cliche I said that if Tommy Turbo doesn't play, Manly doesn't win. Um, you've also picked the Knights, but do you have a reason? Yep. Injuries. Injuries. And Simon's also picked the Knights here too. Yeah. Um, next game, Warriors-Cowboys. Um, we have got – I've picked the Warriors. Simon's picked the Warriors as well. And so have you. I've gone – I think the Warriors have really – They've, they they played well against the Broncos. I think another week with the spine together, they're going to combine well, and the Cowboys have been atrocious. Mm, I went with Warriors. I think I can proudly say that this is picked with heart and head this time. I think the Warriors showed good improvements, and I think we can do it again with another week with Sean Johnson at the helm. Yeah, next game on Friday is Broncos-Roosters. All three of us appear to have picked the Roosters. I think it's obvious why the Broncos aren't playing well. Roosters are really strong, so it seems very easy to pick. Yeah, yeah, same. Roosters seems watch, an easy watch, one. Watch the Broncos win this one now. Oh, I know, they did it last year against the Roosters. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for them to rub, rub egg in my face. Yeah, and uh, next one's Raiders Storm. Another game we've all picked the same. We've all picked Storm here. Um, Storm, how can you pick against them after that performance in the week and the Raiders are still, you know... They're, they're not confident right now, and you never want to be um, lacking confidence when you're playing the Storm. 
I've said it once, I'll say it again. I pick the storm every week. So, yeah. <laughs> um, next game on Saturday, we've got Rabbits versus Dragons. Um, another game, we've all picked the same. We've all picked Rabbits. Um, I don't like picking Dragons, so I was very happy to see this on the on the picking sheet. Um, Rabbitos will want to bounce back. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an easy win for the Rabbits here. Yeah, I've put Rabbitos... The Dragons weren't good on the weekend. I think if the best version of the Dragons turns up, they can make a game of it, like they did against the Panthers. But, yeah, I'm going to lean towards Rabbits. Yeah, and Simon's mentioned that Canberra's not at home. They're playing in Wagga Wagga. Um, yeah, it's it's always hard to pick against the Raiders when they're in Canberra. But, yeah, playing in Wagga Wagga, it's not going to help them. Mm. Um, the next game is the first game or the only game that has a different pick, Titans versus Eels. I have picked the Eels, and Simon has picked the Titans. Um, I, if any, if any team's going to upset the Eels, it might be the Titans. I just don't see it. I think we're still in that rich vein of the Eels playing well, so I'm still going to stick with them at this time. Yeah, I, I've gone Eels. They're looking too hot. The Titans are looking a bit lackluster, and they're not they're not putting the ball in David Fafita's hands. So, um, yeah, I'm going Eels. And then second to last game, we've got Sharks, Tigers. Um, I've gone with Sharks. Simon's gone with Sharks. And it looks like you've gone with Sharks too. I think Sharks are playing really well. And the Tigers, uh, I don't know when we might potentially see their first win of the year. It won't be this week, I don't think. The Sharks no. are too hot, too hot right now. Definitely. And last game of the round, Bulldogs, Panthers. We've all picked Panthers. I think it's... If the Panthers are going to lose the game, um, I don't see them winning their, winning against the uh, the Panthers here, the old Bulldogs. So, yeah, easy easy win for Panthers, I think. Yeah, easy win for Panthers, pretty much certain of it. Yeah. Okay, so looking at our picks overall, there's only we've picked every game the same by the Titans-Eels game where Simon's gone against us there. Um, so it should be an interesting week, and it looks like I'll probably keep the lead, which is good. Um, super confident. Um, but, yeah, um, Simon says, when do the Tigers play the Bulldogs? Tigers, Bulldogs? No idea. I have to have a look. Um, not for a while. It looks like it's a couple away. It's not on the calendar behind me. So, um Hold on. Let's have a look. Brad's hoping the Tigers' first win is against the Dragons. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> um, Tigers, Bulldogs play in round 11, Friday the 20th of May. So that's, yeah, interesting. So are we saying the Tigers are going to be 0 or 9 at that point? <laughs> Quite potentially. <laughs> And I see we've got another question. Thoughts on Walter stepping in for Kelly? We'd like to see man, but I don't think he's first grade yet ready yet. I think Walters is probably the best option that they've got right now. Um, what's up with Gamble? Is Gamble still injured? I was going to ask you. Uh, I would have thought he would have been a you know, pretty good choice because he, he played some pretty big games last year. Perhaps yeah, he is. I, I think Gamble's still injured. Um, so I, I would pick Gamble if he's, if he's certainly. But um, Walters... It's that interesting situation where you've got a coach picking his son. Um, not everyone has Nathan Cleary as a son. 
Um, but I think Walters is a quality player. He just needs some more reps. You wouldn't you wouldn't entertain the idea of moving Stags into six to get the ball in his hands a bit more. Maybe if they had Jesse Arthur's, they might have that luxury. But um, potentially, uh, I think Katoni needs to learn how to catch the ball first before you throw him in at, at six. Um, to be brutally honest, um, fair enough. But yeah, we are running. We are running over. So um, I usually go over the Super League. Um, they had round seven, not. Not too much happened. St. Helens and Wigan are first and second on the ladder. St. Helens are leading by a country mile in points differential. They've only had 50 points scored against them, which is really good. Um, but this weekend, we've got the Challenge Cup quarterfinals. So I'll, I'll do that. Um, we've got Wakefield versus Wigan, Hull KR versus Castleford, Huddersfield versus Hull FC, and Catalans versus St. Helens. So um, we'll go over the Challenge Cup results next week. But yeah, we are getting a bit long in the tooth and um Paul Paul has places to be. He's a very busy man. Um so anything else you want to add before we sign off? Me? No. Um thanks for everyone tuning in and, and throwing questions our way. We had a good amount of people throwing questions. It's nice to see some new faces there. And thanks, Brad, for your your chat and Paul for steering the ship so well like you always do. Definitely. So ladies and gentlemen, uh thank you for joining us. And yeah, Callum's giving uh, Paul props. Um, yeah, he, he needs to keep us in check. So he always pops in to remind us that he's still there and watching. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into the show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Thanks for joining me again, Richie. And thanks Cheers. for all the in the background, Paul. And good night, everyone. 